0: The second Mishnah, in the sixth parak of Avot, declares, There's no one who's free besides one who is involved in Torah. It doesn't just say that one involved in Torah is free. It says the only one who's free is such a person. This statement is derived from the Pasuk that describes the Luchot, the writing on the Luchot, as having been charot. Rabbi Nushem Tov explains that the Diuk the inferences from the fact that the Torah uses the word charut instead of the more natural chakuk and we do find in other places in Tanakh chav zayin chav yud zayin, where the word chori, the shorish refers to someone who's free so why is it that freedom hinges on being involved in Torah <clears throat> there are two types of explanations that we find amongst the commentaries Chaim in his Ruach Chaim commentary connects our Mishnah to the fifth Mishnah of the third Perek, the Rambam there in his Pirush HaMishnayis seems to mention our Mishnah as well, a Mishnah which asserts that one who accepts upon himself the yoke of Torah has the yoke of Malchut and Dere removed from him. The connection to that Mishnah means that what we mean here by freedom is that a person won't have the yoke, the heavy weight of uh, the government and of work on his shoulders. The idea expressed by the Mishnah there in the third parak is that man essentially is in the world to work. As Gemara in Sanhedrin quotes the Pasuk from Eov, He Zayin, Adam la'amal yulad. Or as we see already in the very beginning of the Torah, Barathe's Beis where it talks about how it hadn't rained because Adam ayin la'avodet Adama Man is here for amal, for avoda. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin elaborates and says that the question is whether the amal is meant to be through the mouth, through the speaking of learning, or through work. And basically, man chooses which one he's going to be involved in. Eliyahu, Rabba, Periket, gimel the Medrash, Rabbo, and the Pasuk, and Bereshus. A person chooses whether he's going to invest in something most meaningful, Torah, or by default, he'll have other pursuits put upon him. Because a man is not in this world to just relax and not work. So he can choose if he wants to work in the most meaningful thing, or by default, he'll have these other things placed upon him. The question is, how does it happen? <clears throat> how does it happen that a person who accepts the yoke of Torah has the other responsibilities removed? And if not, then he, the other responsibilities fall upon him. So Rashi <clears throat> and the Pirusha Mishnais of the Rambam speak about the fact that others do the work for him. Well, why do they? Uh, I think there are two ways of explaining this. <clears throat> the first is that this Mishnah is actually teaching us a halacha. For example, regarding Ol Malchus, Ezra, Perak Zayin, speaks about how the king pattered those who were involved learning from having to work. It was actually the law, what was accepted. This uh, is quoted by Rabbi Nuyona in his Pyrrshon Mishnah and Perak The Gemara in Baba Basra, based on this and other psukim, talks about how there's a chiev to excuse those involved intensively in Torah from the taxation and the work that the government requires. <clears throat> Regarding Dere Cheretz, if Yochanan has two statements, one in Shabbos and one in Yoma, about the fact that at Talmud Chacham, others need to do his work for him. Again, he's involved in a meaningful pursuit. We don't want that pursuit to be interrupted, so others have a responsibility to do it for him. There is another way, though, of explaining uh, the assertion of this mission, and that's the way the Rambam and his Pierre Shemeshnai's on this mission on the third paracose, uh, that's Pharisee all as well, that it's something God arranges. Um, it's a nevuah here saying that if a person's is Torah, Hashem will ensure. It's not a directive, a for people, it's something that God ensures. We see this in DeVrayim and Be'ez, Perek Yud Be'ez, where Hashem talks about the fact that you abandoned me, so I abandoned you and left you in the hands of Sheshach, who attacks and persecutes you. In a similar vein, at the time of the second Chorban, the Gemarim of Samachvav, talks about how Rav and Zakkai observed uh, the Jewish people suffering after the korban, and he said, when we serve Hashem, no nations can, can can lord over us, but when we don't, then God puts us in the hands of even the lowest nations, which explains also the Gemara in Erevin Daphnon which on this drasha about Cheres HaLuchos says, when we're involved in Torah, no nation can rule over us. This is these references speak about Torah observance in general, but there's other ma'amorim of Chazal that speak about the significance, particularly, of learning Torah. Most appropriate is the Medrash Tanchuma and Parashat Vezos where Hashem is quoted as saying, where, where Moshe asks Hashem, you know, how can people have two olim? He actually uses the word ol there. Uh, have the all of torah and the all of Shibud how can we involve in torah when we're persecuted by the goyim and hashem said needs to be if you're involved in torah god will save you from the persecution so you can continue being involved in torah parenthetical as footnotes we have a number of other references in the gemara that make this point uh, the gemara in Basra quotes Rabbi who says that parani has come to the world because of the army Meaning, the people involved in the Torah wouldn't have the Peronius. The Gemara of Arazoa in fact, says that the, the Jewish people received the Torah so that people wouldn't rule over them. Meaning, it's not just a, 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 an implication, it's the purpose. And uh, famously, the Mechilta writes on the Parsha of Amalek in Parsha's Peshalach that um, the word Rafidim is emphasized that that's where Amalek attacked because Rafu Yedeim in Torah, the Jews' hands were weak from learning, and that's why they were attacked. The Gemara in Sanhedrin summarizes this beautifully based on a Pasagin Shayo. It says that the all of Sanheriv was removed from the Jewish people because of the Shemen of Chizkiyo that was used to light up the Batei Medrash and the Batei Knesset where the people davened and learned. This seems to be the backdrop of the very famous statement of the Rambam at the end of Hilcha Shemitah where he says that Shevet Levi can be a model for all people in the world we decide to rely on God and focus on serving him and, and, and learning his wisdom, that God will make sure that the person uh, uh, does not have the all the, the responsibilities of society. Well, this is regarding Malchus. We find this idea regarding Derech as well. The Mahzavitri and uh, the Rav, the Rami Bar both talk about the Derech being removed, Min Hashamayim, that it's arranged. And of course, we're familiar with the Gemara in Kiddushin and where Shiman Shimon ben points out that animals don't have jobs and God takes care of what they need for them. He would take care of what we need as well if we would live our lives correctly. So obviously, we're responsible to do our effort. Mishnah Ravos says, And the Rambam famously writes in the third paragraph of Talmud Torah, that a person who learns without doing any work, it's the uh, sofa betelo of the goreris avon. So clearly we're responsible to put in a certain amount of work, but it shouldn't have to be an all. it shouldn't have to be a yoke. Um, as we know, in Gan before the sin, uh, people had the responsibility to work, but it wasn't as difficult as it was after the sin, where the declaration was made by Hashem, by the sweat of your brow, Rashi says there, after having to work very hard. And this is why the Gemara says in many places that a person who is committed to Talmud Torah, will have to work less. The Gemara in bruches, naf, lam, beis, and Brachas naflam and talks about how Hasidim, harishonim, would spend many hours of their day, nine hours, preparing for davening, and focused on davening. And the Gemara says, so what about their learning and their work? And the Gemara there says, because of their commitment, their Torah was remembered, and their melacha was blessed, so that miraculously, it got done very quickly. In fact, the Gemara in bruches, naf, lam, and Brachas naflam et quotes Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, who goes even further and says, that when we, we fulfill God's will, Not only is our work completed quickly, but it's done with the help of other people. So according to all this, the Mishnah's declaration in Perek Vav is really connected to Perek Gimel, the Mishnah in Perek Gimel, and focuses particularly on being free from all Malchus and all Derechereth. That having been said, we find many sources in Chazal that talk about this idea of being freed by being involved from Torah as referring to being freed from other things besides Malchus and Derechereth. In fact, in the Medrash Rabban Shmos, Memal of Zion, and Avos the Reb Nassim on the Mishnah, Perek Chaf Aleph, it gives a long list of many things we're freed from. The commentaries in the Rishonim on the Mishnah, and in general, speak about freedom from one particular focused area, which is freedom from the pursuit of pleasures, of meaningless passing pleasures. The Meiri and the Medrash Shmuel both make this point about how being able to focus on what's important helps a person from the default focus on what's not important uh, the Rimi Toledo connects this to the Pasuk and Kohelet which mentions the word Ben Chorin in the context of a person being free from the pursuit of pleasure <clears throat> Rav Hirsch in his Magalai talks about the flip side and says when you take out a sense of godliness from a person's heart and soul you take away his chirus because Inevitably, he becomes committed to the pursuit of base pleasures. Everyone in the world needs something to be focused on, committed to, passionate about. People passionate about what matters end up avoiding being passionate about things that don't. The Maharal explains how this idea is learned from the Pashup shot of what the Luchot referred to. That the engraving of the letters of the Luchot all the way through meant that the letters on both sides, the letters stood on their own without any connection to the physical. And so, too, a person who's focused on the spiritual can avoid being focused on the physical. We live in a world where people understand freedom as meaning the freedom from any commitment and responsibility. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, in his famous State of the Union Address in 1941, speaks about four essential freedoms, mainly the freedom from fear, want, oppression. We know that in truth... It's when we are able to focus and be responsible, have an all of what's meaningful, that we avoid being in a state of lack of freedom where we're committed to things that are not. Many of the Rishonim take it a step further and they say that the freedom achieved by being involved in Torah is not just avoiding being focused on tavot, on things that are meaningless or problematic, but also in and of itself significant as giving us cheras. The Akedah Yitzchak explains that true cheiros is where we're committed to what's meaningful. Rabbeinu Bechayai actually connects this to freedom from Sheba Malchis. He mentions both together, both of these freedoms. We find it in the Tzverest Yisrael and Repersh as well. The Kuzari uses this to answer the question of the king and his Sefer. The king said, why are you interested in making aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, which will mean that you're responsible for more mitzvos? Why are you looking for more responsibilities? And the Kuzari answered, I'm looking for true freedom, because shibu to Hashem, uh, subjugation to Hashem, is the ultimate honor and the ultimate freedom. This is how Rav Kook explained the concept of cheirus. He said freedom from slavery is not about a social question of whether a person is m'shubot to other people. You can have a person who's technically a slave, but knows what his life is about and he's free. You can have a, pr- a person who's technically free, but without knowing what his life is about, is a slave to the worst things. This explains why, of course, we use the word cherus when talk on the night of uh, Pesach. We talk about our freedom. We don't call it being chavshi. We talk about cherus, which is a different word. Even though the end of the Seder night is about avdus, it is the ultimate freedom because we're able to pursue what's truly meaningful, and uh, we find our true selves when we follow. God and the path that he sets for us. And that's why Avraham's mission of Lech lecha, going to himself, finding himself, is when he follows God wherever he wants to take him. This explains the famous chuva of Rav Oshri, Shutmi Ma'amakin, in the uh in the Warsaw Ghetto, where he told the Chazan he could still say the should still say the Bracha of Shalosani Avid, because even though they were technically practically slaves to the Germans in their spirit, they were they were totally free uh, this is how Rav Cook in his olat riya explains the concept as well raf salvechik applies this in a very interesting way in his ala Chuva. he says being committed to our who also helps us avoid being over committed even to the meaningful relationships in our lives he speaks particularly about the relationship between father and son which is a beautiful relationship of love but HaKadosh Yitzchak shows us that we need to make sure not to take it too far and to know that our ultimate relationship is with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he speaks about the commitment to, uh, to country as well, making sure that we know that all of commitment, all other commitments in the world are limited by knowing what we should ultimately be committed to.